December 18, 2006, Mark Henkel was on Morning News with Ken and Mike, 560 AM, WGAN, Portland, Maine. Glenn Beck at 9 a.m. Rush Limbaugh at noon. Howie Carr at 3 p.m. Bill O'Reilly at 6 p.m. Neil Bortz at 8 p.m. Dr. Joey Brown at 10 p.m. Coast to coast. Coast to coast. Late night. This is the WGAN Morning News with Ken Altshuler and Mike Violet. News Radio 560. WGAN. on the WGAN Morning News Channel for Mike Violet. want to remind you that we are still collecting donations for the Salvation Army. Call 879-WGAN, 879-9426. Or go to our website, 560-WGAN.com. Email us. We're still collecting for the Salvation Army, our Holiday 100 Club, so give now. We talked about syntax last half hour. We'll get back to that topic. And also $12.8 million yeah. for a new facility for... Before we do that, we're going to talk to Mark Henkel. He's of truthbear.org, and he's going to tell us all about his views on polygamy. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. Thanks came from the Catholic institution centuries after uh, Christianity, basically, basically when Christianity went from being the persecuted faith of Jesus Christ to becoming the political powerhouse of the Catholic institution, and is not actually anywhere to be found in the Bible. So it, the Bible says, basically, it, it endorses polygamy. It, be it no wife, one wife, or more than one wife, it's a matter of freedom and as God would call. It is not like there's some commandment, but rather that the idea that uh, Abraham with his three wives was a sinner is nowhere to be found in the Bible. Moses with his two wives was a supposed sinner for having two wives is nowhere to be found in the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament. Mark Hankel's with us. Mark uh, runs toothbearer.org. That's a polygamy rights advocacy group that finds biblical support for the practice of marrying more than uh, one woman. Any parallels or connections at all, Mark, to Mormonism? Absolutely none. It's actually a... You can, you can drink Coca-Cola, then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Mark, I should tell you, first of all, that Mike and I, frankly, both agree that if somebody wants to marry more than one wife, they may be nuts, but it's their right to do. Obviously, this is going to have some parallels to the issue of gay marriage. What's your view on gay marriage? Well, we have the phrase, polygamy rights is the next civil rights battle. However, that doesn't mean that it's anywhere or anything similar to same-sex marriage. We're saying we actually have the win-win solution that finally ends the marriage debate in America once and for all. And what is that? Well, we're saying that government never had authority to redefine marriage one way or the other, and that actually anti-polygamy, government thinking it has the authority to redefine marriage to exclude polygamy, is the real slippery slope that led to this modern invention of what uh, I believe is the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage as a legal construct. It would never have even been conceived. So if government is never involved, true conservatives have true limited government conservatism principles, government's not involved defining it whatsoever, 
homosexuals can believe they have a win because they believe that uh, as they, uh, there's no special rights for those who choose homosexual behavior, there's no special rights for those who choose one man, one woman. And so everybody believes they have a win of it, and if homosexuals want to play house and imagine that they're married, they have the right to imagine anything. But it doesn't. They don't have the right to have government redefine it one way or the other. Yeah, you know, I imagine I'm thin, rich, and beautiful, and that's never going to happen. But you have that right. Um, Mark, what are your uh, what are your views on Warren Jeffs, the uh, pro polygamist fugitive? Well, he is first of all a Mormon polygamist, which has to be delineated, which is a whole completely different paradigm. Uh, the reasons and presuppositions for why they apply their polygamy. Uh, and their whole religious reason. And then within that, there is they are a separate kind of Mormon polygamy called FLDS, the Fundamentalist uh, Latter-day Saints. He is their leader and only of that particular rogue sect. He is a, he's wanted for basically things that actually aren't even about polygamy whatsoever. Not any of them are. They, basically, it is about accomplice to rape of, an underage, of underage girls. Uh, basically, the, the current one in Utah that he's being tried for is, actually isn't even polygamy at all. It is he, he arranged for a 14-year-old girl to marry her unmarried 19-year-old cousin. That's not even polygamy involved. Uh, it's just that that particular rogue sect uh, has some of these ideas of arranged marriage, which is anathema to the rest of us normal polygamists, uh, pro-polygamists, and is uh, the whole underage thing. So issues of, of underage and all that, absolutely, we were glad he was arrested. Uh, we we're glad that he's uh, facing trial for uh, the real crimes that need to be dealt with, but none of it has to do with polygamy. We're speaking of Mark of truthbearer.org about polygamy. Back to the fundamentals there, you said that the Bible... Uh, endorses or allows me. What is your side in the Bible that supports that uh, that allegation? Well, do we have an hour to talk about just that? <laughs> well, uh, first, I guess we'd have to say that uh, God himself in Jeremiah 3 described himself as a polygamist, did so again in Ezekiel 23, and in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, the sinless Lord and Savior, described himself as the polygamous bridegroom to come and marry the five wise virgins, which are the churches, to be with them forever, which makes it a marriage. So if polygamy was a sin even in the New Testament, the sinless Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, would never have used a parable, because it's a parable, not literal, to describe himself as a polygamist if polygamy was a sin. That's just one. Second, you could say is uh, it's interesting that very often anti-polygamous Christians mistakenly will assert that this is just an Old Testament thing, but they're the ones who refer to the Old Testament by saying, well, the marriage for model is Adam and Eve. Well, there's three reasons you can't use Adam and Eve for, say, a big government marriage control, is because, first of all, Adam and Eve were never married by government. The idea of government marriage is a modern invention. Not one man in the Bible, not one woman in the Bible, was ever married by big government, or any government. They didn't even have a wedding. And, as well, you have to remember that the book of Genesis, where the Adam and Eve story appeared, was written by Moses. And Moses himself had two wives. He knows what he meant when he wrote the Adam and Eve story. When he wrote the Genesis 2.24, the two shall be one flesh. Each wife was one flesh with him. He knows what he meant when he wrote Deuteronomy 21.15, which begins with, if, he, if a man have two wives. So all of these appear in the scriptures. In 2 Samuel 12.8, when David is being reproved for having uh, taken Bathsheba, which was another man's wife, uh, God comes against him for it, for taking another man's wife and having the man killed. 
But at that time, David had already had eight named known wives, and in 2 Samuel 12, a God himself tells David, I would have given you more wives if you wanted, but you took this one man's wife. So the point is, all of this shows that it was never a sin. It was, historically, it was an invented doctrine. One man, one woman was an invented doctrine of the Catholic institution. And so as Christians, we are continuing the Reformation to believe what the Scripture really says. Mark, let me, and we're speaking of Mark Chanko from TrueFair.org, you know, that may be well and good, and, I, and once again, I'm, I'm all for polygamy if people want to do it, but, you know, the year 2006 is not quite the same as uh, pre, pre-Christ birth. I mean, women were property, children were, were lower than property. You, don't we live in a different time where women are not viewed as... A, what some people would say a, class, a second class citizen is being one of many wives. Does that translate well to the 21st century? Well, I think it's a misunderstanding. Uh, we are definitely in a different society. We are now, as a consequence of marital socialism, one for each so that each might have one, we are now in a consequence of what we call the era of dumbed down males. Guys are marriage phobic. I mean, t- the big joke of America is guys are afraid of marriage, right? marriage-phobic males, players, baby daddies, and a tragedy across our society of abandoned single moms, because men are afraid of marriage. What we're talking about is men who really care about women, and and, uh, grow and excel. We're talking men with husband qualities, capable of attracting and helping women be what they want to be. One wife wants to work, she has the freedom to do so. One wife wants to stay home, she can. And now the wife that's working knows that her children are being raised with her values and by someone who loves the children, instead of some low-paid worker, stranger at daycare. So you're helping women. Absolutely. Now, Mark, you, you said uh, you're widely quoted in the story from the Press Herald the other day, and you mentioned it again earlier in our conversation this morning. Quote, that polygamy rights is the next civil rights battle. That's how significant this thing is, unquote. Um, do you really think that that's going to be the case? I mean, I, I hear you say that, and I think, wow, this guy's nuts. Because, I mean, there are a lot of civil rights battles to fight in this country. Having more than one wife doesn't seem to be high on the priority list. Have you heard the phrase... Only Nixon could go to China? Yeah. Okay, and, and do, do you know what that actually means, right? I, I understand. Because he criticized China, he's the one who can rectify it. Right, meaning he was such a rabid anti-communist that if, you, if, if say, a, a liberal or a Democrat or a McGovern had tried to do what he did, it just never would have flown, it would have been thought of subterfuge, right? right. So the point is, is that we actually have the solution to give America a break, a breath a relief from this tiresome marriage debate. The solution is get government out of it altogether, because constitutionally, if the Tenth Amendment says if it's not in the Constitution, the federal government has no authority to be involved in it, marriage is not involved in it, and from a conservative Christian standpoint, we certainly would not want the abomination of a uh, gospel licensing control amendment, God forbid, or a baptism licensing control amendment. Marriage is that important. It, it wasn't, it, marriage predates the invention of government. It is that important that government should not be involved in so profoundly important a doctrine as marriage. I, I agree. I, I don't think government ought to be involved in, in uh, the legislation of any kind of marriage of any kind. But having said that, mm-hmm. and I, I, I am not trying to disparage, I'm not trying to make light or a joke of you, but when I think of men trying to be married to more than one woman, I think they're not smart. <laughs> God. No, no. Think of this, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to be... 
I, I hear you. Anybody who wants to marry more than one woman is an absolute lunatic. Okay. I understand that... Without even the Bible or... Right, right, right. Just sure. Well, see, what we're talking about is excellence in husband qualities. For example, we recognize that at different spheres of influence, different uh, skills, people have super skills. We have the Tiger Woods of golf, right? We have the Michael Jordan, right? Okay. Well, there are husbands that, and men that really grow up, and certainly when you have laissez-faire marriage economics, you have the incentive for men to grow up and care about women instead of this marriage-phobic absurdity. And, we're, and men super growing up. Now, just like a, a, let's use mathematics. You first have to learn to how to count. Once you know numbers and how to count, then you learn how to add. From there you build, you're able, you learn how to multiply. From there you learn algebra. From there you learn geometry and trigonometry and on up to calculus, right? Just because someone has only learned a level of how to multiply, it, they can't conceive how calculus is even possible. The same thing is true for emotional maturity in understanding a uh, man may have grown to how to multiply, but he doesn't understand how someone could be capable of calculus. But it doesn't mean it's not possible. You're saying that by, if polygamy was legal or allowed, that men would become more mature and embrace marriage and be less scared of it than if they only have to get married one time? Well, it, it's, it's equilibrium. It's not saying suddenly tomorrow everybody, you know, it becomes decriminalized and suddenly everybody's going to turn polygamous. That's just not going to happen. Okay. What we're saying is that the same principle that conservatives believe of laissez-faire economics you know, we, we oppose the idea of one customer for one business so that each can have one. Well, that's the same idea, that by creating the incentive for excellence, that those husbands that would excel, now suddenly, say for example, you have ten men and ten women. Nine of those men are jerks, and are idiots, and are marriage-phobic player baby daddies. You've just, with one man, one woman, you've just oppressed and taken the options away from nine of those women. Now suddenly, if you have laissez-faire marriage economics, now those other women have an option of a, of a man who does grow up and does care, and now all of a sudden those other nine men, they better smarten up, and that, that gives them the incentive to smarten up or they're going to go without, and that's laissez-faire economics and creates the incentive for excellence. Well, Mark, I've got to tell you, I, I admire your candor. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be ready to move furniture like that on a regular basis. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com